It's Tuesday, November 20th, 2012. It is the Chris Gaskin Show. Uh, first off, folks, I, I am still not 100% uh, from this goddamn cold. Uh, it has moved from my head down to my chest, and uh, it is now uh, kind of sticking around there and kind of playing with my sinuses. Um, <clears throat> I would like to apologize for last week's podcast. I can't even call that a podcast. It was a uh, piece of shit cast is what it was. Um, if you listen to the whole thing, good on you. I don't know why. Um, I Trust me, it, it was one of those things, like, I was so sick that I just fit... And the funny thing was, I still went out and did a set that night, but it's like, I, I pretty much just woke up, felt like shit, didn't even, like, eat breakfast or, or like, you know, grab something to drink. I just rolled out and started doing it. You can't do it as... Like, this is supposed to be, uh, the idea behind doing this podcast is just fan service, all right, for the very small amount of fans that I have, but I do appreciate you guys, so I'd like to put something, uh, out that you guys can listen to each week when you're at work, don't want to listen to your boss, I don't know, you know, when you're running, now this is great to run to, because I do it for you know, 50 minutes, and you just be like, God, he's so fucking annoying as you're running. Gives you motivation just to be a better person than me, which isn't that hard. But really, last week sucked, and I'm sorry. I, I, I tried to do something with it, but... Yeah, it was uh, it was just a shit podcast, and this week's is going to be, you know, like mediocre at best. But uh, to make up for it, what we can talk about is we can talk about the show tonight that I am highly suggesting. People come to it is uh, comedy at Kingo Cafe, and Steve Allen, the guy who runs it, he's been running it for coming up on six years now. Uh, I think it's like five years and ten months. Like it's been running before I got here. Uh, one, they're they are also uh, taking change in bins for. The New York Red Cross. Uh, actually, I, you know, I'll get to that in a minute because that'll segue better. Uh, but this show, it, it, Steve's been running this show for almost six years. And today just happens to be Steve Allen's birthday. I, I love Steve. Uh, the thing with him, dude has problems getting back to people, which I understand. I'm, I'm a pretty bad procrastinator myself. It just... I think it makes life interesting when everything's really boring. Like, when it gets to a point where I'm like, oh, I gotta send that in. Gotta send it. Like, 
If I don't send it, I owe $1,000. Send. You know, but I wait till like the last minute and I start freaking out. Hopefully it's there on time. But today is Steve's birthday. So I digress. Steve uh, gave me my first set here in Vancouver at his lovely room, uh, King of Cafe. It is still to this day one of my favorite rooms to play. It is an absolute blast. It's it's got a huge stage that's actually meant, uh, I, I guess it's really meant for like flamenco dancing, which they have like like Wednesday through Saturday, right? I don't think they have anything on Sunday. And on uh, Monday, it's it's like they have a music or something. But every Tuesday for the past six years, they have comedy. Some people don't know that. They still come and, hey, what's going on tonight? It's a comedy. Comedy? Yeah, it's been running for the past six years. All right. Did you just move around here? No? And how did you not know? How did you not know that there's been comedy here for almost six years? I tell you, here's the thing. It's this, this is one of the reasons that I never want to run a room. Uh... It's one, it's really a thankless job. But that whole problem of like people coming and like, we just wanted to hang out and talk. And, and like, me not being rude to them. Yeah, fuck it. That place is across the street. Go there, you bastard. Like, it's really, it's really a pain in the ass. Um, I, I try and level with them. I go, listen, there's a show. It's I fear that your talking may ruin the show. Like, it may be so loud that it's distracting to the people trying to watch. So if you want, there's a place across the street. Um, I'm, the bars are not going to like me turning people away. But it, it's like... People got to understand. If, if you put a good show on, especially bar owners. If you put a good show on, everyone's watching the show... They all like the show. Then chances are they're going to come back for that show. All right. But if you uh, put on a show that's all right, but then you have people in the audience that aren't paying attention and in taking away from the show, then the chances of those other people who came to pay attention are going to come back to that show. They're not. They're going to go to another show, right? I remember uh, I was at Laugh Lines. This is when the old manager was there. Uh, And I was doing my taping for Sirius XM Satellite Radio. And there was a party. I I remember this vividly because there was uh, a bachelorette party that walked in. Like, you know, TR with Cox on it. Typical bachelorette party. Super loud. And they sat right in the front. And bachelorette parties are the worst at comedy shows. The worst. They don't shut up. They don't, like... Like, it's like, listen, yeah, tonight's about her, but 
Not for this hour and a half. All right, for this hour and a half, it's about us comics trying to get our angst out because we're pieces of shit. That's that is what us comics are trying to do. We don't care about you. And that show started, and I've never seen uh, a group of women at a bachelorette party be more well-behaved. They sat, they watched the show, they enjoyed it. Uh, they came up afterwards and were very polite. They were, they were awesome, all right? That was a group of ladies that uh, did definitely marriage material. You know what I mean? They know when to shut up. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's so bad. Uh, half true. Half true. Um, but on that same show, there was like a birthday party. 28 people who were sat in the back of the room. And they were, they were heckling throughout the MC, and uh, they were heckling throughout most of the show. And I remember, like, I walked up to the manager, and I was like, why aren't they being thrown out? And he looks at me and goes, what am I going to throw out 28 people? Yes. So why would I do that? See those other 120 people that are sitting there trying to watch the show that keep looking back at those guys? They aren't ever going to come back because of those people. All right? Those people might come back, maybe. But you want these people here who are watching the fucking show. Hecklers are paying in the ass. Um, there was a point that I was trying to make, but I got off topic. So Steve Allen, it's his birthday today. Get back, get back on track here. Steve Allen's birthday. And he has put together a list of comics that, like, I'm hosting this show tonight. This is a show that I'm telling you, you have to come out to. Alright, tonight, Kino Cafe, 9.30, it's at 3456 Canby Street. It is a who's who on the Vancouver comedy scene. I don't even know why the fuck I'm introducing, or like I'm the person who's emceeing. I don't even know if I belong in the who's who. A lot of people say I do. I'm just trying to be humble. So, (laughs) this is the lineup. Sean Emery, John Bueller, Toby Hargrave, Adam Pateman, Ivan Decker, Dylan Reimer, Andy Kingetti, Simon King, Ben McGinnis, Byron Bertram. That is 10 of the best comics that you are going to see in Vancouver, probably in Canada. I mean, this is like if you get 10 guys... I'm saying this is pretty damn close to getting 10 headliners 
at like the comedy store. I mean, granted, like a lot of them will be big names, but as far as like the com- how good the comedy is, like people underestimate the Vancouver scene. It is a great uh, comedy scene as far as like comedians. They're like, I see like a lot of people from like LA who are like, oh, he's good, he's good. But I see a lot of people who are like, dude, that guy's really funny. And I'm like, yes, but to who? Because it looks like he's entertaining morons because he's just doing fluff. He's not taking any risks. He's just saying stuff that, you know, everyone can get behind. It's it's like those comments. Uh, how about, I want weed to be legalized. Yeah, let's legalize weed. Right, it's just easy. Take a fucking risk. Try, try to get a laugh by saying something that's going to piss people off too. Because that's, that's the difference between what I want to do and... What other people, other people, they want to entertain everyone. And I kind I do want to entertain everyone, all right? But I feel it is much better to polarize the audience, all right? And not, not half and half, but like, like say, uh, say an 80-20 or, or like a 90-10, right? Like 80 or 90%, they love you, all right? That 10 or 20% fucking hate you. But you got to understand, as much as those people hate you, those other people will love you on the exact opposite end of that spectrum, all right? So if they really hate you, those people are really going to love you. So, I mean, that's why I try and take risks. That's why I have jokes that other comics get pissy about, sit there and tell them, you can't tell that joke. You, You can't say that. I can say whatever the fuck I want on stage, all right? If I want to say women want to get raped, I can say it as long as I put context behind it, all right? But if you're just listening to the catchwords, you're no better than a quarter of the audience members who are sitting there on their cell phone not paying attention to the show, and all of a sudden they hear a comic say cunt, and they go, hey, is well, maybe there was context behind that. I'm pretty sure it just wasn't up on stage, like, Ah, fuck shit, piss cunt. He wasn't swearing just for the sake of it. He's got context behind it. Alright, so... So when you tell me that I can't say a joke, and I say, but it gets laughs, and you say, what kind... That's not the kind of laugh that you want. Now you're a moron, because what the fuck kind of laugh do I want? I want a laugh, alright? And that's a laugh in my book. It, It is all... I, I guess he says, I don't want it, because it's a laugh that polarizes the audience. But that is exactly what I want. Because I want the crowd to love me. I want those people who love me to really love me. And I want those people to hate me to hate me. But I don't want anyone in the middle. I don't want people to be like... That's the one thing. Is more... Talk to, talk to a civilian. <laughs> who goes to a comedy show. Ask them who they saw. Alright. 
unless they're a fan of the comic, chances are they will forget his name. Because that comic just stayed on the line of doing well enough to entertain the entire crowd, but not well enough that he's memorable and not polarized. Not... But come to the show tonight is the point that I'm trying to make. Uh, 3456 Canby Street. It's Steve Allen's birthday. And this, this is a lineup that you will not see in Vancouver for pro- probably you might see a show like this. I guess, uh, like New Year's Eve, they tend to do a show like this. But really, like this, this is the type of show that you see in Vancouver once a year, maybe. All right. Like this is a fucking stacked show. These are people that I, like, I'm glad I'm emceeing as much as I don't like it. But I am glad I'm emceeing because that means I don't have to follow any of these guys. That's the last thing I'd want to do is follow any of them. That's how good they are. They are fucking beasts. Come to this show. Uh, come to this show. I think it's, is it $5 at the door? Uh, it doesn't say. I know usually it's $5 at the door. Is... That's what it is. And I think all of that money is being split among the comics. Plus, um, Steve will also have little little tins that you can put change in uh, for the New York Red Cross. Because of, the, the, because of Hurricane Sandy and that big snowstorm that hit New York. Um, we're, you know, raising change for that. But the Red Cross donates... A lot of money. They aren't one of those. As far as I know. They aren't one of those companies. That it's like. We're going to donate one cent of every dollar. The rest of it is going to our operating costs. I, th- I think it's like 30 or 40 percent. Something like that. Like it's actually a good number. Um, and he will also have another 10. Uh, to For money to go to the. Cancer Foundation to uh, help with prostate cancer because this month is November and I uh, this is the month where I get jealous. All right, I can barely grow facial hair uh, as I discussed two episodes back. That's why, like, when I read something like Yahoo News. I tend to talk about stuff on that because I I think some of this stuff is ridiculous. Uh, Like this. Gus Hooker, 13, prevented by school from participating in November. Fuck you. 13, mustache. Gus Hooker started shaving when he was just nine years old. What are they putting in the water nowadays that are making kids... Peak early. You know what? I bet it's nothing in the water. I bet it's video games. All right. Let, let me explain this 
weird theory that I am now going to fuck up. All right, I think video games are what cause kids to hit puberty younger. All right. On the surface, that doesn't make sense, but dig this. Okay. Most kids spend their lives indoors at a screen. All right. Now, you used to hit puberty when you were like 12, 13. Me, you know, I hit it when I was 23, but that's beside the point. That is... Still going through it today. Can't grow a mustache. Uh, There's a kid in, I don't know if it's the UK anyways. um, They they didn't want him to grow a mustache and raise money because most in the school didn't have the ability. All right, at 13, it just doesn't happen. Oh, as as I bounce back to this story. Now, let's go back to this theory. Because it's a fucked up theory. But I think it may hold at least a little bit of water. Okay, so. You're 13, 14, hitting puberty then. Right? Which, which is my generation. When we used to hit puberty 10 years ago. Hit puberty at 13, 14. Alright? We'd be out playing hockey. We... We'd be doing stuff. We'd be hanging out with girls. At least enough that we'd be interested by the time we were 16 and 17, right? This might have to do with internet porn too because it's so easily accessible that it may make kids uh, interested in the opposite sex a lot faster. But I think it's video games because I think... I think because of video games, you have to hit puberty younger to actually build relevant skills. Because now it's just kids who go to school, come home, sit with a controller in their hand. And I'm no better, alright? I I do play some video games. I, you know, I don't play a lot of video games. But I play enough... Um, Like last week I was discussing, um, I've been playing a lot of Halo 4. I think in the last two weeks I've I've played like, I've dumped probably like 32 hours into it. But that's mostly because uh, I've been trying to beat it on Legendary. And of course, after I beat it on Legendary, I beat all the levels on Legendary. It doesn't register one of the levels on Halo Waypoint, it doesn't register two of the levels on my Xbox. One of them just says I didn't beat it on Legendary, which I know I did because it took me like ten times dying trying to run and hijack a wraith. It was a bitch to do. Like if I were doing that on easy, I just would have walked in and would have been would have been done like that. I got lucky my run through. I, I basically went, dropped a wraith, uh, rang over, dropped another one, went, uh, hopped in 
the Scorpion tank. And by the time I hopped in that, the other Scorpion tank was still alive on Legendary, which was awesome. And him and I just started mowing wraiths down. And he just, like, blazed upwards. I was still, like, way back because that tank is, like, to, like, the bottom of the map. So I had to, like, catch up to him. Dude, that game is so awesome. Um, Let's finish up this quick story, though. Gus Hooker, go fuck yourself. You're 13. All right, I can't grow a mustache at 25. Almost 26, go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> I don't actually mean that. That's, that is awesome. I wish that school let him do that because he could probably... He even said, uh, because he can grow a mustache, uh, this is what he said, I reckon that if I did, I could raise a fair bit, which is what he told BBC. I guess I would be in a British voice, maybe. Yep, look at that. The Prior Academy. Guess the school in England. How about this? For like... Good job. I guess England's a little bit more... Uh, cool with this kind of stuff. But this is like... I just got all the information on this kid that I need. You know, to like... If I was a pedophile to go and try to... I, of course I wouldn't. He's got a mustache, right? Just, if I were a pedophile... There's... All right, this this is taking a really dark turn. Uh, good for that kid. They should let him grow his mustache so he could raise a bit of money. That'd be fucking awesome. Um, I understand why they aren't doing it because he's you know with young children his age who can't do it. But I mean, you've always got that kid in your school that looks like he's twenty five. You know, when he's like thirteen. Like I said, I I think we hit puberty because we got to play video games. So so we need to we need to want women sooner so we can actually start building skills to get them. There we go. Tied up my theory. Tied up that story. Back to playing Halo on Legendary. Um, I died an ungodly amount. Playing Halo on Legendary. And I wish that wasn't the case. But that game can be really tough. Uh, There were parts where I damn near wanted to throw. Oh, that's so cool though. I damn near wanted to throw my uh, waypoint schedule. What the hell is that? My controller at the... uh, Yeah, I wanted to throw my controller at my screen like a couple of times. Um, my Spartan level's 13, mostly because I've done some of the Spartan Ops missions. Uh, mostly, I, I should play a couple of those today while I'm editing this. Play them on like Legendary, meet up with like other people. Um, Let's see if it shows how many times I died. Spartan level 13. Oh, this is cool. Oh, that's what they were talking about. So they must have done like all of this. All right. Uh, No, campaign. 
See, playtime, uh, one day, five hours, 55 minutes. Total games completed, 25 flawless ones. I actually, I can beat the first mission uh, without dying. I have killed uh, almost 5,000 enemies. I've died almost 200 times. And the vast majority of that was playing on Legendary. But I beat the entire game solo on Legendary, which is, uh, it's not like, like the first Halo I found, at least playing that on Legendary, and the second one is they made the enemies just tougher to kill, whereas this, they aren't as hard to kill, but they are a lot smarter, and you are a lot easier to kill. If that makes any sense. So, because they're a lot smarter, like you gotta, you gotta play around with them, so you don't die. Um, you gotta watch like your flank half the time. You gotta. There's there's one mission that basically what I had to do was that there's this part where I could rush through and kill a bunch of guys and then I got to run and shut down this doorway because like the the enemy drop ships keep flying in dropping off the enemies and it's like if you don't take care of that quickly enough you're done so what I had to do was I had to, uh, I found a way to hop up onto this ledge. If I run and jump, I end up on the platform that I can like rush over and grab the, uh, that I could like rush over, hit the switch to block it. So what I'd have to do is I'd have to run there, hit the switch, back up, or as as I'm running to hit the switch, I have to shoot the gunner in the wraith, so that way I'm not dying, and then I turn around and four elites drop out, two with energy swords, and one with a uh, with a with a fuel rod cannon. So it's it's like three elites that are the the biggest pain in the asses in the entire game. The, the number of times I've been taken out by a by a fuel rod gun is ungodly. That's that's probably uh like twenty percent of my deaths. I, a lot of times were just me trying to rush into a situation that I shouldn't have rushed into. Um, this is cool. They actually updated Halo Waypoint, though. That's good. Uh, let's see. Waypoint schedule. Oh, wait. That's back. Well, why? Okay. I don't know what happened, but it's it's clear they, like, updated it because now they've got, like, a chat. On here, or you can bring up your friends. 
Uh, oh, look at that. I got mission progress. So this shows. Played that. Uh, 36.26 on legendary. Oh, cool. I could even bring it up. Completed. Kills. No deaths. 33 kills with the battle. Oh, this is cool. This this Halo Waypoint site actually has all the stats uh, with the number of enemies that you killed. With the average kill distance. Look at that. Uh, Jackal Ranger, Jackal Sniper. 14 kills, 0 deaths. Average kill distance, 90 meters. Grunt Ranger, 25. Grunt Heavy, 11. Elites, 7. One Storm Jackal. Oh yeah, look at all these, like the the Storm guys, alright, these are like the easiest groups, Storm Grunt, Storm Storm Jackal, Storm Jackal Heavy, or or Storm Jackal, Storm Elite, there is six of those enemies in total, all the other enemies are like the hardest level of enemies that you face in that, oh you can bring up your friend list, okay, that's probably... Why I never noticed that is all of a sudden my friend list came over. This is uh, a awesome stat site. That's pretty cool. I never knew that. Sorry, I'm I'm uh. Let's let's talk about some shows that I had come to King of Cafe tonight. Nine thirty, three four five six Canby Street covers five bucks. Great show. Probably going to be the best show you'll see in Vancouver. In uh. Within the year. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, Grey Cup is this Sunday, right? The Grey Cup's this Sunday coming up. Uh, it's the 100th Grey Cup. Toronto, Calgary. I would have loved to see Toronto, BC. I'm a huge BC Lions fan. And I know that because I actually got upset at the loss. And especially upset at the fact that there was only one penalty called on Calgary the entire game, and of course it got declined. One penalty. That's it. That's it. Just one. It's ridiculous. One penalty. And it got declined. I mean, let's be honest. If you watch that BC Lions-Calgary-Stampeders game, uh, the Lions couldn't do a damn thing on offense. They really couldn't. They they basically uh, like plugged away. They I think they had one defensive touchdown, and the rest of it was just field goals until like the very end. They got an offensive touchdown. And then uh, they couldn't get back the onside kick with like a minute 30 left. Which was uh, a huge bummer. And the thing with the CFL is you only get one timeout. And you also get 
Uh, you get a three-minute warning. CFL is a lot different from the NFL. Uh, if you're American, you've never watched the CFL. First of all, um, we only have eight teams in our league because Canada doesn't have near the number of people that the states have. All right? That's all it is. We have uh, like, like eight or nine cities that can support CFL teams. Hell, even like Ottawa. They've tried to do like a CFL team there like five times and it just won't work. All right. I think like they had one there for like a couple years and then uh then they brought back what was it like the they had, like the Ottawa Rough Riders and then they had um Oh fuck, what was that name of that Ottawa team? It lasted like two years and then they they disappeared for a year at what is it, the Renegades or something? They came back for like another year. It's like it just didn't work. You can't have a football team in Ottawa. It's because it's like members of parliament are like, hey. you know, it's like Canadian parliament. So they're like, yeah, football's a little violent. Because, you know. All right, first, we only get three downs. All right. We also have, um, I, I think I think the field is like 50 yards across or 60 yards across. Um I think it's 50 yards across, whereas, like, the, the actual, like, NFL field it is, like, 40. So, ours might be 55 or 60. Uh, it's it's a lot bigger. It's also um, 110 yards. Field goal posts are at the front of the end zones. We get only three downs to convert, all right? Which is why I always say uh, Canadian football is better than American football. Because American football, you get four downs. You can fuck up twice and still have a third opportunity before you get a punt. We only have two. You can maybe run it with the first and do a short pass. I, I mean, it's to encourage passing. That's basically what it's there to do. So, um, as I was stating, uh, we also have a three-minute warning, not a two-minute warning. uh, And only one... Like I said, only only one timeout. The NFL, you get a two-minute warning, you get three timeouts. So you manage your clock a lot better. In the CFL, it's a lot harder to do that. And uh, I I got to tell you, there was two plays, uh, was it in like the third quarter, where Calgary just scored like two offensive touchdowns in a row on like huge plays. And uh, it was a real bummer. It was basically how it ended with that team. Uh, For what was like a really promising season, especially since the start of last season, like they'd been on a roll that was uh, very impressive. But, you know, it just just happens. So... It um 
know, it's a it's a bummer not to see the Lions in the Grey Cup, but again, it's a hundredth Grey Cup. It's still going to be great. Out in Toronto, which is where I'm heading uh, on tour, starting in January. So that that'll be fun. I actually went and picked up my my flight ticket, which is like double the price that it normally is because I'm leaving like right at the tail end of the holiday season. Like normally you get a ticket Vancouver to Toronto, Toronto to Vancouver, 300 bucks. It was like close to 500. So it's like, well, it's a holiday, so we're going to charge you up the ass because you want to go. It's like, I don't want to go. I have to go. I'm working. This is what I do to work. Which, by the way, I don't know what I'm going to do on tour as far as this podcast goes. I, I think what I might do is I might do like six or seven interviews and then just uh, start airing those all in a row. Uh, that way, yeah, I could just update it very quickly. Uh, that should be good, doing it that way. So, yeah, what could I talk? Oh, Oh, yeah, so I got my playing ticket. Um, this was actually just on Thursday. I went out there. There was, I go to the airport. It's dead because I got there at like eight. All right. I had a show that I had to get to that started at nine and I was hitting the stage round. It was like, like around nine forty-five. I don't think I hit the stage until like, or I, I'd i hit the stage at around 10. All right. So I got there. I get to the airport at 8. It's dead. I walk up. I, I try and find ticketing. Um, I, I prefer to fly WestJet, but Air Canada is a bit cheaper at this time of year heading to... Uh, Heading to Toronto. I might just fly Air Canada back. Why not? You get in like an Airbus or a 777. It doesn't really matter to me what the type of planning is. I'm flying the red eye anyway. So I get... I find the ticketing booth. Of course, no one's there. All right. Um, I stand behind this guy. I'm standing there for like 20 minutes before someone walks up. Is you guys uh, is looking to get tickets? Yes. Okay. Well, the guy's on like his break, so uh, let me check the international desk. So we ended up. It was I was behind two people. All right. One was um, a. I don't know if he he was. Uh, Latin or he looked Latin. That's kind of racist. Not what I mean. Um, but he he was he was he was a, a. I'm pretty sure he was a Latino dude or maybe Iranian. I don't know. He he wasn't white. Let's 
Why this right now? Now, okay, let's. He was a nice guy. I don't know. I didn't talk to him. But I was behind him, and then like as I went to like check to see if I could just like buy a ticket at like the check-in, which apparently you can't with Air Canada. You can do that with WestJet. I can just walk up like, "Hey, I know this is check-in. I'd like to buy a ticket," and they're like, "All right, let's do that." But like I said, the ticket prices were like. Ticket prices for WestJet were like 150 more than Air Canada. So I was like, dude, fuck WestJet. I'll fly Air Canada. And I got to tell you, after buying this ticket, I might switch that up. Because um, I stood there maybe maybe 20 minutes looking at my watch. It's about 30. Finally, that lady comes back. It was, uh Okay, if you guys want, you could go to the international desk and get your ticket there because that ticketing lady's not really busy. They had three people there. They could have taken care of two of us, had one of them check the other girl or check people in for their flights, and it would have been, they would have been clear in about 10 minutes. So I stood there. I I went behind there. I stood there for probably another... uh, So it being about a half hour before we moved to that line. I stood at that line for probably about another 20 minutes. Till finally I was just like, you know, fuck it. I'll go and see if that other guy's there. Because I was just pissed. So I I walked back over to the other booth. I get there, uh, dude's just standing there off of his lunch break or dinner break because it's late, I guess. Off of his break, just standing there, nothing to do. I walk up. I go, this is the flight I want. I want a ticket for this. He just runs it through. Great. What's your name? Here's my ID. Plugs that all in. Tickets this much. I pay for it. Done. I bought my ticket in like five minutes. And I remember at one point he was like, what seat do you want? And I was like, I don't know. One inside the plane. How about that? How about one that's in the tube with air that I can breathe? Like, listen, dude, it would be cool to be sitting on the wing, but I'm pretty sure I might freeze to death because it's winter. How about one where it's relatively warm? I want one where I might be able to sleep for a couple hours because I'm taking the red eye like an idiot. I will be flying. I will be red eyeing. Uh, plane leaves at 1. Gets there at about 8.30. Their time. So I will be red eyeing from that plane. Uh, Vancouver to Toronto. And then I'm going to be heading to like downtown Toronto to the Greyhound, getting a ticket from my Greyhound um, down to Niagara Falls. Then I get my hotel room, 
and I will probably have a nap and then go do the show. Uh, dude, that day is going to be brutal, but um, I'm really excited for this tour. I, I got to tell you, the, the fact that they didn't have anyone cover for the ticketing guy when he went off was brutal. And of course, half the people, like, like, I'm gone for, it's like, might be eight weeks before I'm back in, like, Vancouver. And I'll only be back in town for, like, a couple of days. That's how long I'm gone for. And what I'll be doing is, I, I will be, like, I'll be flying out there. Oh, that's great. Jesus Christ. I think I'm high or something. Not that I do that, people, because I don't, but just, you know, I forgot what I was saying mid-sentence. That's uh, always a great thing to admit to the public. Guess what? I can be an idiot from time to time. As intelligent as I am, uh, I get distracted easy. Sorry, I started thinking about this shitty cold that I still have. Um, yeah, I'm excited for this trip, be gone six to eight weeks, probably eight, I get it, I still gotta figure out if I can add those dates on, and I'll be in, like, back in Vancouver for, like, one week, then I'm going to Prince George, uh, to help my buddy, he wants to tape a CD, so, yeah, I have, uh, very, very busy couple months coming up but oh my point was is that even even with a trip that big I always try to pack light I I try to pack for like a week's worth of clothes um in like a suitcase that I can carry on the plane because I I hate having to uh check in bags and that and just hope they got on the plane and made it so that's always the worst. That'd be terrible. Is if I get there that day and I have to like head out. If I get there that day and I have to head out to um where where am I? If if I get there that day I have to head out to Niagara Falls and my bag's in the bottom and it doesn't show up, like I'm screwed at that point. You know, so that's, I'll, I'll basically just be packing enough room to head out there uh, and maybe, maybe purchase something there. I don't know. Um, see, this podcast is almost done. Let's wrap it up. Let's, uh, let's, let's talk about what happened uh, this past weekend. I did two shows. Uh, we'll talk about one show quickly, then get off to the to the big one that I did, which I'm waiting to hear back from. Maybe it was good, maybe it wasn't. I thought I did okay. Um, that said, I, I ended up headlining the attic 
out in Delta. Uh, it was a very small crowd, maybe about eight people. But I actually, I did well enough that the, uh, the, the crowd really liked... There was one guy who was uh, just drunk. Just like beyond repair drunk. Hammered, and I think he was a nice guy, but when he was drunk, he was a bit of a cock. And that guy um, was heckling the entire show. He doesn't realize he's not helping anything, but that's one of those like biggest thing. If you're one of those guys who goes to a comedy show, and you're like. I'm going to help these guys, but you aren't helping, all right? We've planned out what we're doing meticulously. Even if we're, like, half-assing, like, like, oh, I'm going to try this this way, or I'm just going to say how I feel on this subject. But we still kind of plan that out, you know? You yelling out does not help. So, like, that guy uh, got warned from the staff twice, and it was, um, like, I was about to wrap up, and they were like, he, like, it was, like, the second time he got warned, and they're like, all right, we're going to leave. And I was like, hold on, guys. Like, listen, you're half the audience, this group, okay? I've got five minutes left. Just, let's finish the five minutes. And then he went for a smoke for the last five minutes anyways. Um, that was fun. On Saturday, though, uh, I did. I was at Yuck Yucks doing a showcase for Just for Laughs. I know they did. Uh, it, it was it was like six six of us were showcasing on the late show. There was only four showcasing on the early show, which they probably should have done five and five. But I'm not the one who booked it, so you know. I understand why they did. Early show, late show, just trying to even things out. Um, so I showcased for Yucks. I went bullet. On top of that, the guy who was emceeing, it's uh, a very funny guy, Darcy Michael, great comic. Um, he was emceeing. He only did like five, he, he maybe did like seven minutes off the top. And I was bullet. So I was hoping, oh, he'll do like 10 to 15. Get that crowd crispy so I could just go up and, and blow away the ashes. Which uh, would have been great. But I look and I find out he's only doing five to seven minutes. So I'm like, fuck me. That is not good. I got to tell you guys, uh, in all honesty, I have not been... That nervous. Ever. Well that's not true. Um, I've been. I've been very nervous before shows. Uh, when I was starting out. But. I haven't been that nervous. Since then. That's like. I was. I was as nervous. As when I was starting out. Like last night. Or last night. On Saturday night. At uh at Yuck Yucks, in front of the people who booked Just for Laughs. And, like I said, I, I haven't been that nervous since I started out. 
I was uh, a nervous wreck. And the funny thing was like, I knew I was just going to do what I was going to do. And I knew that being that nervous, I could take that nervous energy and like make it stage energy. And I got to tell you, I had uh, two applause breaks, which, you know, they, they were a fairly tepid audience, but it's still, I don't know if it was enough. I hope it was. Like, I hope I did well enough that that they really liked me. Um, I'll, I'll hear back from... I I just know that realistically, my buddy was like, listen, you just do what you're going to do. And you'll be fine. And I know that. But it's like, you know, just for laughs is like the big thing among comics. It really is. And I was, uh, I guess, really excited just to showcase, just to say, hey, here's me. Take a look at me. Hope you like me. Um, like I said, I, I I hope they liked me. I thought I, I, thought I delivered with uh, what that crowd was like. I don't think I had the best set that show. All right. I think... Uh, the best set that show probably belonged to Sean Proudlove, uh, who had one of the most brilliant jokes I have ever heard, period. Um, it, it was like super dark, super funny. But I think the thing is, is he he was more so like playing to the comics than he was playing to the crowd. Uh, but like, God damn, was that joke good? That it, it was. Uh, so he wanted to get an EpiPen because he's got a friend who uh, who has like severe allergies and just wanted one on him in the event that he needs to buy one. Like that's such a great joke. Oh. Uh, his set was amazing. Like I said, I don't know if he had, like, the crowd going, but he had us comics going. Like, he was playing to the back of the room. I just, I tried to do, uh, what I could, and I I thought it went well. Um, yeah, I think that's it for this podcast. Uh, this Friday, I'm at Goldie's getting roasted, which, yay, I'm so excited about not, um... And tonight, come to Kingo Cafe. Again, I, I'm not... I'm, I'm... Okay, fuck it. I'm begging you guys. I'm on my knees begging. Come to Kingo Cafe. It's Steve's birthday. It is a show that only happens in Vancouver once a year, maybe. At least the caliber of comics that are on this show. Come to this show, 3456 Canby Street. Starts at 9.30. It's going to be a hell of a show. Um... I think that's it for the podcast. See you next Tuesday.